Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. This is a podcast where we throw back our favorite wine and cocktails while recapping the most loved and hated reality show, The Bachelorette. But FYI, we don't hold back, which means we're talking spoilers, news, and gossip, insider info, and more. You have been warned. I'm Sam. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it batch. Everybody, we are so excited to be breaking down this epic episode of The Bachelorette with you guys. Thanks for joining us. So, ladies, what's this week been like for you? I mean, besides having peaked on a Tuesday, which is like my life right now because that's when The Bachelorette comes on, and then Big Sky on ABC comes on directly after. It's like my favorite night of the week. What's going on? It's it's been kind of a it's been a rough week for I feel like a lot of people. The week after Thanksgiving, like we are full swing in holiday season. I feel like everything is just going at a million miles an hour. Like this is just such a busy time. And honestly, The Bachelor has, The Bachelorette has been such a nice like respite to just have a couple hours to kind of like tune out and get into that world. And I love this episode because uh, Ben was in it a lot. So yeah, we, we saw a lot of Ben, you know, parts that we never knew that we would see before. And I salute you. And um, I will just say about Ben, remember I told you guys that I have a friend that worked on the show in audio. I was like, so were you were you there for that scene? I was like, what did his penis look like? <laughs> and he, was, he wasn't there for that scene. I was like, come on, dude. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> Good Melissa, response. <laughs> what's up with you, Melissa? Well, I'm with Caitlin on that. I personally don't like the holidays. I love the decorations. I respect it. I think the emo girl early 2000s needs to like stay consistent and not like the holidays. But on top of that, it's such an overwhelming time. I have yet to decorate the Christmas tree. I only set it up last night. Everything is like cock blocking me from decorating. Things are going crazy. And then on top of that, damaged my tailbone. It's bruised. It hurts so freaking bad. I fell down the stairs, bumped off three steps. I was like, this is not going to be good. Landed on my tailbone. It's called your caucus, I think. Um, Um, Well, I was (laughs) caucus blocked from decorating the tree, and now I can barely move. Oh, no. And then lo and behold, well, actually, me falling down the stairs was pretty funny, even though (laughs) I knew this was going to hurt for another, because last time I hurt my tailbone, it killed me for like eight months. It was just like a lingering, little gnawing, uncomfortable feeling. And then my dog, my geriatric pug, he has diabetes. When he has to go, he has to go. And on Monday, Caitlin, how bad was it raining? It was, yeah, it was like hurricane level in this my house felt like it was going through a car wash it was splashing against the window you couldn't even hear the tv on full volume it was raining so hard my dog decides at that moment at its hardest downfall to go outside so i take him out he's blind and diabetic so like i'm trying to take him in the backyard he's going in the wrong direction i go after him i'm in my robe with my hood on I, my backyard isn't flat. It's got this like really steep part of it. Small, but it has like a really steep grass, well, really mud. I, 
I completely like slipped, feet in the air, slid down a mudslide, got mud in my pants. It was just beautiful, like perfect Monday. <laughs> okay, so you are literally having a week. Yeah. Go yeah. think tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, I've just been playing Velvet Underground and drinking whiskey. It's been great. <laughs> I've been having quite the week too. As you guys know, we've had to reschedule recording yesterday because my power went out for the second day in a row. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I, uh, yesterday, I think I almost cried. Like I've been crying a lot this week. It's just been one of those, like, like I silently cried in the shower today. You know, it's just like, you know, those shower cries it just really oh, feels the like therapeutic because nobody, I mean, not like anybody's watching me shower, but like if they were, they wouldn't be able to tell I was crying because there's water pouring down my face anyways. Um, yeah, so electricity went out. Um, the first night it went out, it was just me and my mom and my cat. My mom is like, I light out. My mom always gets mad at me for ordering like a million candles, like Bath and Body Works. Just, you know, it's, they're everywhere. I know they're not good for you, but whatever. Um, but then she's like, bring out the candles. Literally my house smelled like a Bath and Body Works factory of all different kinds of scents. Um, I put up Christmas lights in my mom's room to give us light because I had extra like Amazon batteried ones. And, um, yeah, it was just like a fucking nightmare. And this, you know, this week is just snowed so much. Couldn't get out of the house. And like me, I'm stubborn ass. Like the day after it's like a torrential snow. Like I woke up, there was like at least four feet of snow outside of our door. And I was like, I'm going to the grocery store. My mom's like, come on. And I was like, no, it's not going to stop me. I'm doing it. <laughs> I did it. I was fine with the grocery store across the street. But yeah, we're here with you guys. You know, not only are the holidays a weird time. I mean, I'm a Jew and like, I do love Christmas. I will say it's like, I'm obsessed. I, I want to write a children's book one day, I think called the, the Jew that loved Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. But it's been a, and with COVID and everything shutting down, like we are here with you guys, vent to us anytime if you feel, I would be really honored if like a random stranger was like, I feel you. All right, guys, well, let's break down this really interesting episode. We have Jojo. She's my obsession. I was obsessed when she was cast. Did you, do you like her, Caitlin? I absolutely love her. My first season that I was like super intense with was Ben's. So I fell in love with her on Ben's season and then just really enjoyed watching her in the lead role. I think she's stunning. She's like such an amazing bachelorette. She's just beautiful. So I remember when she was cast. So it was supposed to be Kayla Quinn, who actually is from like 30 minutes away from me originally in Hudson, Ohio. Um, and it's like, you know, Kayla was a nice girl. She annoyed the crap out of me, to be honest, on Ben's season. But like, you know, they literally cast her. They were like, you are going that to be the bachelorette. Filmed everything like for, you know, the package. And then JoJo was second place. And usually it was, I think it was this season that um, they started taking second place people and making them the leads. Because typically, like, you're too brokenhearted, you can't, like, get over it in time. But then they just did a switcheroo, and JoJo was the bachelorette, and I just, I love her. I'm not sure, I'm not sure exactly why they put her in this role. Didn't you think, though, it was kind of random? She's a great host and, you know, has done a lot of media since she was the bachelorette, but normally people who they put in this role is, like, a Ben or a Wells 
Um, she has kind of distanced herself a little bit from Bachelor Nation, it seems. Totally. So I agree. I think it was a little bit odd, but I was really happy to see, I mean, I love Ben, but I was happy to see someone else step into this role. Wait, do you guys remember when, I, I remember when there were rumors Asia was doing horribly. So first we found out that um, Claire, Hughes, then we found out that Tasha came in. Then there were rumors, which are obviously wrong, that Tasha was doing horribly and they needed to bring other bachelorettes. And then was that Hannah Ann was coming on. And, and Becca Kufrin. And they and saw Becca Kufrin, yeah, which now, make, which now makes sense because they um, just made appearances. So whoever thought that, I guess that's, you know, the typical telephone game. But I do feel, because I've been listening to other podcasts, that Tasha is really in her head. And I could see that the producers could have freaked out a little bit because they don't have a chance to get a third bachelorette, as the rumors were saying. So by her getting in her head a little bit, they probably felt like they needed to bring these bachelorettes to keep up her morale. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I've heard some of the podcasts do. I think the judgments on her are a little harsh. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of, okay, is Tasha basic? Yeah, a little bit. Like, does she have a, I think that, you know, her sob story, I bet you they would have cast her as the Bachelorette if she, pro originally, if she probably would have cooperated with exposing more about her divorce. Because that always makes someone interesting. Like, yeah, you want someone that's beautiful, but you also want someone that's interesting and that you can relate to. But back to JoJo, I thought the men's reaction to her, like she walked in, and again, most of these guys have never seen the show ever. So they had no idea who the hell this girl was. And their jaws dropped. I mean, mine would too. Like she is stunning, but I just thought that they were like, wait, do we have a new one? Like, is this, like, what's happening here? This is the first episode too. I really felt like we were watching actors because mm. things were so staged. Like as far as like the shot of Tasha putting together breakfast and like walking to the door to open the door and then pretending like they know each other, but then like explaining that they don't know each other. It just felt like they're actors. And I honestly do think Tasha could be an actress. Oh. She's a real perfectionist. That's why she comes off that way. Very much an aware person of how she's perceived. So Chris Harrison comes in with Jojo and says that he's leaving due to a family thing. The guys are all like, oh my God, who died? He's just taking his kid to college. But Zach gets the one-on-one -on -one date. That's what they announced. Zach is a kind of controversial character at this point. People either feel really strongly about liking him or disliking him. Overall, Caitlin, you go first. So I have not been quiet about my dislike of Zach for no real reason. Like, he seems like a nice person. Um, after hearing his story in this episode, he's still not my favorite, but I think that he's a, a really amazing human. I think that anyone who could overcome what they, what he did, and to share it publicly like that, and now to be in a position to help others who are struggling, I think that that's, you know, really amazing. It's me kind of like weird... Matthew McConaughey vibes? Weird, like, like, losery dad vibes. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, but I, I really commend him for telling his story and it is amazing what he did. That takes a very strong person to overcome that. I just don't get, I don't like his vibes. It's really sweet to have somebody so taken with you. And I think that people, people have said that Tasha seems very uncomfortable around him. She is a little bit uncomfortable, but not because she doesn't like him. 
but because yeah, like, like yeah like it's the intensity that he brings what do you think melissa yeah sometimes people aren't used to having that much intense affection or that energy and she's definitely smitten by it but not used to it i also had an intense ex like that i do like him though i i really do i don't know if they're an end-all be-all match but definitely see what some people don't see i see sparks i see i see real connection between them me too i think that honestly some things just don't transfer to TV and that people aren't used to seeing a, a kind of connection this way. So let's get into the date. Honestly, like date from hell, the first portion of it, dressing them in these huge things in the middle. I mean, he was sweating balls. Like, and also does Tasha have sweat glands? Does she? That is my big he question. He actually does not. I was, I remember in Bachelor in Paradise looking at her like, whoa, she does not sweat. This guy, this photographer, he also was on another date on Nick Viles' season, an infamous date where Corinne Olympias, um, they were doing a wedding thing and she just like took her top off and Nick had to cup her boobs with his hands. <laughs> this guy was here for that, um, random dude. It started off super awkward and seemed to be going really, really poorly. And then all of a sudden just like something switched and it was glorious and kisses and, and it was so happy. Do you guys think that's how it really went down or that was purely editing? No, I think that's actually, it seemed like, hey, hold my hand, we'll get through this. And she said he made it lighter. He, she felt comfortable with him. She got in her head about being in wedding dresses and like getting wife or bride PTSD which I was surprised by because when I found out about this date, I was like, oh, she's probably so okay with this since she's been married already. Yeah, I think it was more of just like a, like a comfort level thing. They just started to feel more comfortable with each other, which is interesting that, you know, like they overcame the awkwardness and he was cheering her on. Like that's, that's a good thing. And question for you guys. I feel like I'm the only person pointing this out, but he's obviously sober, runs a, you know, rehab facility, I believe. Pop, when she pops the champagne and they're taking that photo, I mean, it's not like he was guzzling it or anything, but do you feel that that's ever uncomfortable for a recovering addict? Yeah, it's probably really individual. Um, it's like a case-by-case -case yeah. situation. I mean, the thing is, is that Zach apparently hasn't been sober for that long. I think it's only been about three or four years. I mean, that's amazing. But I mean, there are people that are sober for like 10 years that go back and, you know, relapse. So I just think it's a very sensitive, sensitive thing. I don't think he's been drinking throughout the season. Um, and from the articles I've read on him and, and stuff, I do believe that drinking was one of, I mean, he did, he did many other intense things um, like, you know, heroin and all of that. So it's like alcohol kind of seems not that, not as bad as the rest of it, but I don't know. I, I just hope that like he kind of like gave consent that that was comfortable for him because I'm going to be honest, like if I was sober and I don't know how, I don't really know if I'd like that, you know? I think production for liability reasons would have totally like ran that by him and seen what his comfort level was. Plus the champagne seemed kind of dark. Yeah. It could have been juice. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. It, it's, and if it wasn't, it's okay. Cause that's the one thing that, you know, post addicts hate is people like, watching their every move, seeing like what's going to make them relapse, what they can and can't handle or tolerate or whatever the case is. And of course, you know, as someone who's like on the board of the rehab facility, decipher what's okay and not okay. And 
Totally. Well, next they, you know, they share that they've both been married and he was married for about a year or a little less than a year. I think he might've said she's was married or a little under two. Like, I think the two guys she likes the most and feels the biggest connections with are two divorcees, which is really interesting. I don't think we see divorcees on this um, show very often. And I don't think we've had a divorcee that's been a lead either. It obviously makes her feel comfortable. And then during the dinner portion of the date, I'm glad they're finally stepping up with the set design. I mean, it wasn't like insanely amazing or anything, but it, it at least made it look different. I love how Tasha's like, isn't this cool? Isn't this so cool? And he's like, Haha, yes, cool. <laughs> because they're just so used to it, like nothing. They pull out all the stops for the ones that the leads really like. And they have a very serious conversation about everything he's been through. So just a little bit of a recap. Um, he's, you know, commends his family, said he had a great family went to college and then after he graduated he wasn't feeling well and he found out he had a brain tumor had surgery right away and he says as a result of that surgery he was introduced to pain medication and drugs and he was 23 he got married soon after drinking doing drugs partying and he's like i was being selfish um and he said that his ex-wife did nothing wrong and he was just he got a dui he was arrested and he was hopeless in a very dark place he had stolen one of his dad's checks and the bank teller called his dad and he said that was his angel who really saved him. And he said when that happened, though, it was like a spiritual moment of clarity. I'm really glad he shared that story because sometimes people feel like they are just at the rock bottom, that there is nothing they can do to dig themselves out. But, you know, sometimes people do just have these like aha moments um, and they want to change. And so he went to rehab for about four and a half months and she said, that you know she was really looking for someone with life experience and in a way i think that after zach shared this with her she understood why she feels a little bit like there's something missing that i don't know about you and she felt a lot more comfortable with him now that he shared that and what did you guys think about you know this moment and him opening up in the way that he did it was really amazing i mean it's an incredible story and for someone to overcome that and to share that not just with Tasha, but with millions of viewers is, you know, pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, I was honestly, I, I hate to seem like such a, you know, emotional person because I actually really do have like a cold, dark heart, but I was so emotional in that conversation because the way he poised it and the, the, the way he stated that his wife, ex-wife did nothing wrong he just put everything so eloquently it's a story that happens to a lot of people in america that like some they'll suffer from a condition and these damn pharmaceutical drugs he overcame like two really terrible diseases you know, it wowed me and it shows how mature he is i honestly my heart breaks for him like yeah and there's an, an article like that's from 2014 um about him and everything that happened to him what he went through and i found it interesting because i have lupus and when i was first diagnosed i was in the hospital twice like they didn't know what was wrong with me i was having flares and i was in my early i was around i was around his age when he started yeah. i was like 23 um Such a formative year it is and you know what like in that article they said one of the things that really got him like going on this addiction was something called diluted which is basically a morphine drip. And I got Ooh. that when I was in the hospital. And I remember thinking to myself, I can never have this again. 
like holy shit because I felt so good I remember I was going to be discharged the next day and I told my nurse and I was like just one more time and she like looked at me and she was like it's your last one she gave it to me too you know after you've had the longest day in the whole world, your body hurts, you've been on your feet in that moment where you get into your clean, crisp bed and you just let go and like let yourself sink into your bed. And there's this like one second and you're like, oh my God, it feels so good to get off my feet and to rest. Like it's like that feeling times 10 and it lasts longer, a lot longer. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's really understandable and hard and I'm so glad he shared his story. Finally, we get another amazing like proppy set thing, which is a Ferris wheel and they turn <laughs> it on. It's like, we've been so deprived of anything cool. We're like, oh my God, a Ferris wheel. We are right. so happy. <laughs> Like she was so, amazing. did you see the take at the end of the show of how scared she was to get on it? I would be yes. scared too. Like that thing came on the truck. <laughs> I know. And they were so cute here. Um, and Zach had this amazing quote as, you know, it's like a voiceover. And he says, I believe in miracles. I shouldn't be sitting here. So if I know that I'm a miracle, then who's to tell me that I can't come on a TV show in the middle of a national pandemic and find love with someone as amazing as Tasha? No one. I won't let them. Like I literally have chills like reading that right now. Wouldn't be upset if she ended up with him because like he is a good guy. You know what I mean? Like if he's not like a Luke P or something. But like controversial opinion but what if your intuition and other people's intuition is right i mean just because he's a survivor of addiction and has become this good person uh, seemingly the age of cancel culture and it's like you can't say any it's you know if someone's been through an experience and shares that it's almost as though you can't say anything bad about them anymore or mm -hmm. you can't say, this might not work out. Like maybe he's going to relapse, you know? And it's a possibility. Like look at the statistics. You know, I'm not saying someone that's in recovery doesn't deserve love. Of freaking course they deserve love. But it is something to take into consideration when moving into a serious relationship and possible marriage with somebody. I feel like I would be hesitant only because I've already experienced dating someone who struggles with addiction. But... For the most part, I mean, I think that there's maybe other things that people see that that they don't feel comfortable with him. Maybe also, maybe because they want to see someone who's going to be able to handle the societal pressure of being in the spotlight. He's like going like this and trying not to be seen on the camera. Yeah, and he's like whispering. People. And, you know, he does have like kind of some weird, you know, um, mannerisms, as I'm sure but, all of us would. Like we're not used yeah. to being on television. I'm sure people would notice that I have one eye that's bigger than the other, that I make a weird, you know what I mean? Like it's, but he's not trained to be in front of the camera on TV, which is what makes him so endearing. But yeah. as Tasha said before, like she's basic, she's in, without saying the word, she's an influencer. She is, you know, in front of the camera. She's a persona. And I just am not so sure if that's something that he's extremely comfortable with. But with that being said, are there influencers out there that have significant others that don't like being in front of the camera? Of course, of course there are, you know? I feel like she really likes the guys that are like that, that are awkward and stuff. Me too, 100%. Yeah. And then, you know, she really said, like, she says things about him that she hasn't said about anybody yet, that she has butterflies and she's so happy and content. She hasn't felt this way in a while. Oh my God, he says he feels the same way. And it's like, ah, I just loved it. I loved it. And I forget what podcast, I think it was Bachelor Happy Hour. They were shitting on the whole date. They were like, it was awful. It was so awkward. She wasn't into it. Heard that. I'm like, did we watch the same thing? Because I felt the complete opposite.
it, like, when this date was first starting, I was like, oh my god, like, what are they going to do? I had the same thought as Blake. I was like, are they going to make these guys get naked again? And then what I... <laughs> And then when I saw that it was an art date, I was like, oh my god. But it ended up being awesome. I mean, touching, but it, I think it was it was really illuminating. We really got to know the guys a lot better. So the group of guys is taken to a special room with a very eccentric art teacher, and they learned that this is going to be an art date. And we see a naked model. Um, two naked models who are kind of gnarly looking, <laughs> uh, posing, and the guys learn that they are going to have to do a drawing of it. How would you guys like this type of date? Like, an art date would be one of my worst nightmares. I am so not artistic, and I don't know, I was kind of, I was, I was feeling for them. I would not have liked it either. I would probably have just drawn like boobies and like penis <laughs> and like and heads and I mean again, what does this have to do with dating Tasha? Please. She likes creativity. Yeah. She likes creative people. And why yeah. are there so many naked people this season? Like, is it because it's hot? I mean, I'm really trying to understand why they're it's, doing this. The heat has nothing to do with it. I know. There, guys, we are in we are in La Quinta, the place where we are just grasping at anything for dates. But like I said, this did yeah. actually end up being good. So something to note as this date was starting and the guys were taking seats is Noah grabs a seat right next to Tasha, and Bennett goes up and says, like, move, that's my seat. And Noah did. <laughs> Which um, I mean we've seen the bickering between Bennett and Noah and it's just getting like there's more on that later but it's just getting pretty old to me at this point it's like typical bachelor stupid drama but I thought it was pretty funny that Noah was just like whatever just like got up and left and let Bennett sit there well it made me like him because that would be me in high school like some girl would be like um this is my chair I'd be like okay fine take it whatever just, just. <laughs> Like, I'm not yeah. going to fight you for it. Like, no one knew that it wasn't his. He, he, he was being the mature one, actually. He didn't want to cause a scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, not worth the time. Yeah, that's true. He, he took a more mature approach than many would. Um, so after the guys do their drawings of this naked couple, they are asked to make a clay sculpture that represents their time with Tasha, and they have to be blindfolded during this. I mean, this is like the naked and the blindfold season. <laughs> Something that was kind of weird during this portion is with the blindfold on, Bennett goes to kiss Tasha, oh and God. you could kind of tell that she was kind of awkward, and again, not asking for consent, it wasn't, wasn't really a cool move here. I agree. I'm really sad that Bennett has taken a dark turn here. I don't think he's like a bad person, but he's, he, the cockiness is kind of getting a little bit too much. Yeah. And I'm wearing my glasses today because um, my, I'm all out of contacts, but I'm also wearing them because I just like want to send a signal out that Bennett just looks better in glasses. And I really <laughs> want him to wear them now all the time because when you don't, when those glasses are off, you see the darkness behind his eyes and it's a little scary. He does look better with the glasses on. That's like the whole Clark Kent thing everyone's saying, but now mm -hmm. he's being compared to American Psycho. So I think that that is exactly what a cancer man does, and I'll get more into that later. But, you know, nothing gold can stay. Nothing gold can stay. So the guys do their clay sculptures. Um, 
nothing really to talk about here except that Blake makes a penis out of his sculpture and we learn a fun fact that Blake is obsessed with sex and talks about it all the time which is brings us another layer to Blake that we didn't know It's before. a phallic symbol. Respect it. Well, we saw and we posted on our Instagram this, like, young picture of him where he definitely looked like a big nerd that, like, had not come into his prime yet at all. He looks all. like a goofball. Yeah, he hadn't blossomed yet. I mean, maybe Blake had, like, lost his virginity kind of later in life and is just, like, obsessed. I mean, that happens. That definitely happens. No, he thinks that in the animal world, he watches animals mate all the time. Oh, like, come on. Part of his daily routine. Looking at dicks? He's looking, he's like watching them have sex? No, this is yeah. disgusting. This he is listens to bad touch, like you and me, baby, ain't nothing. <laughs> that would be his ringtone if he called me, but. So we go into the third portion of this art date, and the guys are told that they have to do a self-portrait of themselves, and whoever opens up the most will get one-on-one -on -one time with Tasha. And the artist tells the guys that this isn't doesn't have to be a traditional self-portrait. So when you first mentioned that, I'm like envisioning like stick figure drawings of themselves. <laughs> but That's she asks, what I thought. She tells them to really dig deeper and like make themselves vulnerable, like a self-portrait of their true selves. We got some really great insights into who these guys are. This was such a touching moment. One of the most touching moments, I would say, like, in Bachelor history, maybe. It we've, never, we've never heard, like, so many guys back to back to back open up about their pasts and their vulnerabilities and sharing, you know, their deep, dark fears and, and sad moments in their life. I thought it was pretty incredible. So dig into what they said, Brendan makes a picture frame and holds it up and puts his face in it. He is a and, smooth operator, that one, Brendan. <laughs> and then he, he has it in portrait mode, and then he <laughs> turns it to the side, landscape mode, and says that there is a spot for Keisha, or, you know, for his soulmate yeah also you know future influencer portrait mode you know it's yeah. like he's already getting prepared and Tasha really really liked this I was kind of like I kind of thought it was a little bit of a cop-out what did you guys think yeah I heard people that were really unenthused by it but I thought it was perfect because he's a carpenter so but that yeah. also puts in his skills and I thought it was really thoughtful she was really taken back by it though you know so. she was like oh Brendan oh god it's so sweet Tasha loved it so I guess that's all it was it was sweet but it was a little bit of a cop-out um Bennett chooses a needle point and <laughs> takes another chance to make a jab at Noah Noah's been calling him privileged and Bennett gives a little bit of insight into his history and says that he did not grow up privileged Ivan this was Ivan is just like my heart just like beats for Ivan he is such a sweetie he draws a puzzle with one piece that's missing, um, and this piece is his wife. He talks about his father, who we've learned is a little bit older, and he shares his fear that his dad won't be able to meet his wife. Um, he asked Tasha to put the last piece in his puzzle. It was very sweet. Blake takes a turn here and actually becomes a bit sentimental. He makes a drawing of a turtle dove, who is one of the few monogamous animals, he shares that he grew up in an um, unstable household. His parents fought a lot. 
and he wants the opposite of that for himself. Like, did anyone else like think of Home Alone too with the turtle doves? <laughs> That you know, a dream of being with that lady one yeah, time. Yeah, the oh homeless, God. the homeless bird lady, and she gives yes. Kevin a turtle dove, and he has one, and she has one. I was like, Blake, that's so sweet. I think they're giving Blake <laughs> a really weird edit, like, because yeah. I think he's actually very deep, and I'm either thinking, is he supposed to be comic relief? Like, did he piss producers off? Um, because they're making him look love. like a little freak. But this was sweet. In a interview with. Bachelor happy hour, Ben talks about how he loves Blake and said that Blake is like a really, really great guy. So yeah, he probably is just getting like a weird comic relief type edit. Um, Riley, who is another star and we're not getting as much time with him as I think we should, talks about didn't really have a great relationship with his mom um, and how he had just been so excited of quality time with his daughter. His mom asked him, um, he talked about this a lot when he was a child, apparently, and his mom asked him what kid in their 20s thinks about quality time with her daughter. He says, kid who hasn't had it before. Um, really, really sad, really touching. And now we get to the crazy moment of this date. Ben, throughout this, this portion of the date, has been kind of nervous about what he's going to do. He knows that he wants to make a grand gesture. He leaves the room, comes back in in a robe. We all kind of know where this is going. Um, he, I really didn't. I was like... No, he's not. I mean, did you guys, and Tasha was scared. She was like, oh my God, when he walked When he out. came back in with the robe, I was like, okay, like, we're, I thought, I like knew something naked was going to happen. <laughs> I was kind of cringing a little bit because I love Ben and I was like, oh my God, what are you going to do? But it ended up being sweet. So he dropped that robe cupped his penis and stood <laughs> naked in front of everyone saying that, you know, he, it's hard for him to express his emotions and he wants to take his guard down and really show up for her, show her everything of him. And it was, we learn a little bit more about Ben later in the episode that ties back to this and it makes more sense. Um, and at this point, Tasha is just so touched at all of these guys opening up to her and showing their vulnerabilities. She runs offset and starts crying to what seems to be one of the producers. The men's reactions. Can we just like we actually need to like gif that or meme so that I'm something? Reflecting on this right now. And like some of them are like turning their heads a little bit, like, oh my god, there's his ass, like just in their face. Like his ass was just in their face. Like Blake, Spencer. And Riley, I think that they had the best reactions. They were like trying to not to laugh and be respectful and didn't want to like make them look like an asshole to Tasha. But they were just like, <laughs> like, I wonder how much shit he got back about that later when they're like, nice butt buddy, like nice asshole. What are you doing? The nice thing about this season, with the exception of Bennett and Noah, is the guys like seem to be friendly and really supportive of each other. Um, oh, yeah. We we saw some little clips of like Brendan hearing his the guys on. Um, it was really sweet. But I mean, everyone was sh seemed to be pretty shocked when Ben just threw that robe away. Um, but Tasha runs out crying because she's <laughs> dropping your clothes. My mom and I thought she was laughing. I was like, oh my God, is she running out laughing? Because <laughs> honestly, that's what I probably would have done. 
Oh my God, I would have been so uncomfortable, but she was really touched and she couldn't pick just one of them to spend the night portion with. She invites all of them. And we got some more insight on these guys and learned more about Ben that tied back to why getting naked in front of everyone was a pretty big deal for him. And when she told them, you know, she can't pick one, she's gonna, they're all just so amazing. Ivan was like, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I am obsessed with Ivan. He is just, I want to know how he ended up on the show. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Because he just doesn't seem like a typical Bachelor contestant at all. I'm just really glad that Claire kept him around long enough, that she kept some of these guys around long enough that they could explore something with with Tisha. So we get into the group date and, you know, she has, she has some alone time with Riley, Brendan, Ben, and Noah. We get to see more of Riley, finally. I'm glad that she's attracted to him. I'm Me glad too. that she like feels that connection with him because we have been so deprived that we're like, what's going on? You know, is he going to just like float like Joe and then just suddenly go home on us? Or is he going to stay for a little while? Yeah. I and mean, wanted that confirmation. The truth is, is that we've never seen a contestant like Riley on The Bachelorette, ever. And if we have, they got sent home very quickly. Okay, so spoiler alert, everybody, like speaking of Riley, though, you know, he does, I'm pretty sure he does go home next week and the previews for next week where she's like freaking out, I think, and he's freaking out. He does something and she finds out something about him. Right. Yeah. I saw that. That kind of scared me because it seemed like something that shouldn't have came out came out about him. Yeah, it scares me too. And we don't know what it is yet. So, um, and we have found out, uh, I was listening to Reality Steve today, he will be at the Mentel All, um, which is awesome. So hopefully, you know, he's going to be just fine. When they edit it like that, it's like, what is it? You know what I mean? Is it somebody at home sick and he has to leave or like, you know, or is it like a something to, like we're going to find out something we don't want to know? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. But he, he killed it. And I really like that she likes him so much. And we're honored that we got to hear a grown man talk about his relationship with his mother and how it's shaped him in his life and go deeper into that. He talked about the divorce. This is actually extremely common. I see this with a lot of my friends that, you know, parents get divorced and you're hearing two sides of a story. And sometimes you choose one side and you know it makes you resent the other party whichever way it may be we get a little time with her and uh, brendan afterwards again why are they hiding brendan so much because even that was short every single mm -hmm. clip but they are it's like purposeful at this point i mean he had to have said something interesting Maybe like, because he already, like, spilled his secret or, you know, his intense past with her on their one-on-ones. They're focusing on others. Maybe. Especially if the spoilers say he's going to leave. No, I cannot wait to see how this plays out. Wouldn't it be more dramatic for the audience to also be as invested in him? I completely agree. I... I'm not, and you know, it seems like the guys really like Brendan. He's probably like the favorite, I think, of like all the house. Ben spoke highly of him on the podcast. He did. Yeah. And I believe it. He, I mean, that um, emotional maturity, hashtag Bennett, of him supporting Riley. So cute. So then Tasha sits with Charlie Brown Ben. Wait, why Charlie Brown? He's always Charlie Brown. There's always a want, want moment. 
He seemed so thoughtful and like, and serious and just like, and very like earnest. On his podcast with Rachel and Becca, um, on his episode, he was talking about how he could talk in a room of like 10,000 people, but then certain things make him nervous. I totally related to him on that one. Like, why are we so fearless in certain compartments of our lives, but then other things just completely make us falter. And so he was really afraid of letting down his guard. Of course, he's also an exhibitionist, but we get to see really why he, um, there was more meaning to him getting naked than yeah, and I believe he was also on Good Morning America talking about his struggles with bulimia um, as a man, mm-hmm. and, and it is a very, like, kind of taboo thing for a man these days to admit that. Taboo for them to admit it, but of course, like, the percentages of men that have, that struggle with eating disorders is something that is not given enough light, and so for him to do that, I completely applaud him. Um, it started when he was 15. He realized that, you know, he was overweight and he wanted girls to like him. But then it also is a reason, it later becomes like the block to letting him open up to find a relationship currently, mm-hmm. many years later. So she ends up finally giving Ben the rose. Like he finally earned his rose all those times he's tried for it. That's why we called him Charlie Brown Ben because he was like, womp womp, I tried this and it didn't work. He had the James Dean big peen look in his eyes. (laughs) Well, now we need to get to the easy one-on-one, which I really loved because whose reactions would be funnier than easy. That's, I don't know how they plan these dates or if they like shuffle them around to see who's the best fit in those circumstances. But I mean, his reactions were hysterical. So then they get to the dinner portion and Taisha is in a stunning Tinkerbell dress that I must find for myself. I loved it. They get to the dinner portion. It was freaking awkward. I knew right from the very beginning, things were not going to go well. Did you guys? Yeah, they have such friendship vibes. I knew when it was this date with him that like he was going to be going home. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't, I'm not really on the easy train and it might be because of the things that we've heard about him, you, you know, shake it off. Right. Yeah. And you know, just to, cause okay. When I, you know, I edit, I'm not going to edit this out, but when I edit the show and you know, I, we talk for a long time and I cut certain things out. Like, you know, that's not necessary for the narrative we're trying to tell. And like, we talked about easy before. I've never put these allegations really in it. I don't think, but Reality Steve did give an update. She spoke to NZK, which is the production company, and they were like, yeah, well, we talked to Easy, and he said it was consensual, so that's about it. And What? Yeah, and Reality Steve, like, like, I don't really actually agree with Reality Steve about a lot of things, but he was like, this is exactly why women don't come forward. Like, of course he was going to say it was consensual, you know? And, um, and he said, he was like, you'll, the, it will really stand the test of time kind of if he's on paradise on paradise, they'll have like three or four seasons to choose from. And if they choose to put easy there, then, you know, that's like kind of a very big, like, we don't care. Like someone said something and he said it wasn't true. Also Jojo tweeted something out 
that was like, um, you know, oh, so sad about easy leaving. He was so great and took it down within like the hour because people were like, what are you talking about? He's been accused of sexual assault, blah, blah, blah. And she completely deleted the tweet. I've been seeing so many people post great things about him. So that's why I felt like maybe there's, you know, I, I haven't seen articles or anything from the person that said this. So I really need to like look that up and well it's hard to find because if yeah because I saw it on like a somebody write it in like a Facebook post I never even saw an actual yeah but if it wasn't true then why would she continue after people are like shutting her down shutting her down like why would she kind of continue to you know and like the thing is this is the age of consent like and I think that when young men grow up they need to be taught what consent is because I don't think that they actually know and no. I think I think that a lot of you know men that have been accused of rape and have technically raped or sexually assaulted women at the time I don't I think some of them didn't think they did it they don't think they did anything wrong they're confused you think a lot of them and I'm not excusing it whatsoever but that is like a lot of the problem is that they think they have this own like perceptions reality and their perceptions totally skewed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure easy has been told to like not publicly speak on it. Um, but it is out there and you know, th- but with that being said, the men out to the person who's saying this and he's probably to- been told not to do that. I'm sure that ABC is all over that and NZK, the production company, like in Warner brothers are like, no, no, no. And they really like the narrative that like they've given easy and the pretty package that like they've put him in. And the guy, the guys do speak very highly of him. They really love easy. Like it was very cute, even with him and Zach, like, and him and Ben and Ben said, you know, if anyone's going to get it, like I wanted it to be you, like he's beloved. Um, but there's always different sides to the story and I'm not, I don't dislike him. I do. I, I do. And I did enjoy him on the show, but it's, I would be lying if I would say that it, hasn't been tainted a little bit yeah and you can't say just because we you know he's so likable or charismatic or seems great that he obviously you know you can't just you can't judge a book by its cover and I mean did you guys think it was weird that he jumped to the I'm falling in love with you so quickly because well in addition to that too we saw the men talk like at, at the house whatever and be like, oh yeah, he is the biggest connection with Tasha. He is such a strong connection. And I, we've barely seen them together except for a couple funny moments. I was very confused. I wonder if the guys were confusing like friendship vibes with a more romantic connection. I definitely felt for him that he was, he was under this like umbrella of love. Like he didn't, he didn't take the cues and, and realize that Tasha didn't feel the same way, but we all saw that she didn't feel the same way. Are any other podcast besides reality see talking about these allegations yeah yeah uh, bachelor part bachelor parties mentioned it chatty broads have mentioned it mm-hmm. but the um like reality see has obviously been in touch with the woman and she just doesn't want to obviously understandably um like go forward with her story yeah so everyone is just kind of like in this like there have been allegations and you know, he says he did it. So you're just kind of at like a roadblock. And I really do believe like you never, you just never know. Like I've mm-hmm. had some experiences in my life where I've been proven that. So, I mean, there are true sociopaths out there. Like it yeah. is, it's scary. And they will have the prettiest face, the sweetest talk and give you compliments and make you feel comfortable. 
Um, and you know, they could turn, I mean, I, I also watch way too much television and there's not as many evil people, hopefully, as I think there are in this world. We don't, we have no idea what happened. So, but it, it is a hard topic because we weren't flies mm-hmm. in, you know, in the scenario, unfortunately, whether people like to hear this or not, but we live in a world where people do wrongfully accuse people. And we live in a world where people get away with murder. Literally, you always have to stand by the victim, whether or not, you know, because you don't know. So always stand by the victim. Hope honestly that things work itself out and justice will be served, you know, Mm -hmm. but let's talk about easy's exit a little bit. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting that he was um, shot from the side, basically. You're on a one-on-one. You think it's going to end magically. But she really, I think she got a bad feeling about him and made her decision right on the spot. I'm not going to lie again to you guys, and I can't tell if this is my preconceived information or notions or what, but the breakup itself, like, there was a moment I was like, oh, he's fucking pissed. Yeah. Like, he was, like, asking her, like, are you sure when she was walking? Well, that was sad. That was sad. And then when he got outside, I just, I don't know, there was just something that crossed his face. I was like, he's really angry. Like, I just saw something. And and again, it's hard to tell. I would be, too. He's created such a bromance with all the guys there. (laughs) And that was, that was actually what I wrote in my notes, because it was endearing that she let him go on the one-on-one date, because in a rose ceremony, she wouldn't be able to have that time to speak to him and give him a proper send off goodbye conversation. In this circumstance, he could. However, it's robbed him from giving a hug and saying goodbyes to all the guys that he's going oh, to. He's in the group chat, you know, he's, he's fine. But I think it was a respectful thing for her to do. And, and I honestly do think she know, knew that she was going to do it the whole time. This is weird, this is weird. Like 50% of me wants to like talk to him about him as a normal, civilian and the other is like I I don't even know if I should be giving him this much attention this is so weird but let's let's just jump into Noah and Bennett drama (laughs) Jojo comes in and she says that she knows that they were expecting to head to a cocktail party but things have changed and Tasha now wants to talk to uh, Noah and Bennett first um this is where creepy Bennett comes in he is beating a dead horse not really sure if it's boredom of being there without television, computers, or cell phones that's given him this idea to, to con- beat the dead horse with a stupid gift. He decides to give Noah a gift, a red bandana, mustache socks, and an emotional intelligence book. First off, dude, getting an emotional intelligence book to bring to a dating show is weird. So clearly you needed to learn about emotional intelligence and you were taking notes and studying it because you had none. My big question though is it seemed like everything he gave him was stuff that he had brought with him and he washed and like gave him. But is the emotional intelligence book, did he bring that for himself um, on this journey to have in his hotel room or did he ask the producers to get him the emotional intelligence book to give to Noah? Ladies, ladies. This was all planned by production. (laughs) You know that they scampered on, or I guess they couldn't go anywhere. You know that they Amazon primed these items and said, hey, Ben, this would be a great idea. And he's like, I will teach him. I will teach him a lesson. 
this is all stupid producer manipulation. You know, Bennett has this like gerbil energy. <laughs> so he kind of is like the little like lab gerbil. Yeah, the producers are like, why don't you give him a gift? And he's like, you know what? I was thinking the same thing. Or are they probably, this is what they were probably like, because they're so manipulative. They want Bennett to also think that he's doing like the right thing. They're like, Bennett, you're just trying to teach him. You are so much older than him. You know, he probably doesn't know it, but he appreciates learning from such a mature, established person. Like, you know, he's a young guy. He, you're, you're like his older brother. You're really, you know, you're teaching him how we should behave. Yeah, probably. Because Bennett was just loving on him or loving him up. <laughs> loving him up, okay. That was so bizarre. I don't know, but I would love some mustache socks. So like who, <laughs> who really won here? You know what I mean? I was very proud of him for how he handled it. You could tell he was a little terrified. Like when he put his, um, you know, you know, the man stance when they put their um, foot on their other knee kind of thing, you know? It's like mm -hmm. he did that and he kind of leaned back. But he was not comfortable doing it, but he was really trying to show his dominance. Yeah, I, I truly believe that Bennett is toxically jealous of Noah in every sense of the word. But anyway, so they start bickering and Tasha's pissed and she says it sounds like teenage boy drama, but really it is. Yeah. And then she asks what's in the box, <laughs> which further makes Noah look like, you know, the underdog, the one that needs to be saved, which is, is exactly perfect for him, going yes. to save him. And we cut scene, cliffhanger. We get to see clips of next week. Whatever the result of that dinner is, I really could care less based on what we saw for next week. So over it. We see a car pulling away. Tasha says not the goodbye she expected. It's Bennett, by the way, everybody. It is yeah. no surprise there. I mean, I would have, I would have sent him home too after it's like, oh, you gave him a gift of condescending things on how he can improve himself. Like you asshole. So uh, Jojo, we get to see a little bit more of her. She administers a lie detector test, asks if Zach has ever cheated on anyone. And he says, yes. I think that Tasha's ex-husband cheated on her. Right. And that's why they got yeah. divorced. Um, yeah. So I think she's probably yeah. pretty shook that Zach says this, but at the same time, he was full on in his addiction. You know, obviously, like, they probably cut things, the scenes for next week, to make maybe it look like one thing and it's the other. But yeah, I think it's definitely a trigger for Tasha and a red flag. We see Brendan telling her the time frame of proposing is scary. Starting to play with the scenes. Being honest. Yeah, yeah, like, we're going to get more time with him just to see, you know, just to put the pieces together to the puzzle, which is annoying. For him to leave. Yep. Yeah. And then Riley says he has some explaining to do. Like we said before, we don't know what's going to happen with that. That's a wrap, you know? It was funny. It was a great episode. I would say this is the best episode. I don't know about you, but besides was, the Ivan episode, I think the <laughs> Ivan episode and this one are, like, the top two. It was a good one. Yeah. It was definitely intense. I, I want to have some fun, though. I really want some some fun. I'm not going to lie. Like, we, we already, the world is so heavy with everything that's going on, pandemic, you know, all this election. And it's, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that, you know. Um, it's like, I just, and, you know, Melissa and I are both very spiritual. And there's something called shadow work where it's like really like digging into your past and, 
you know, overcoming like a part of yourself that you hide and yeah, your insecurities. And I just feel like there's so much of that going on, which is really cool. Um, and I really enjoy it, but I do want to see some fun. So hopefully we'll get some laughs. Next, let's get into some Bachelor Nation news and gossip. So according to Reality Steve, um, well, actually, the funny thing is that the Bachelor ABC account, the Bachelor ABC account, the official one, accidentally posted the photo of the final seven and then took it down. So as we know, it's Ivan, Zach, Brendan, Blake, Riley, Noah, and Ben. Um, we also have some information from Reality Steve about the Mentel All, which is going to be very different this season. It is shot at Nemecolon, where Matt James's season was being filmed. Um, and yeah, and it's gonna air. Rel- it's gonna air relative. Like usually, it's the episode before the finale, and it's gonna be now. I think three or four episodes before the finale, which is odd. So it's might be. I think it might be the week after next week, um, two weeks from now. And so the guys that are there, apparently there's not very many men there. Um, it's going to be Yosef, who apparently has zero remorse. <laughs> Jason from Claire's season. Damar, Bennett, Ed, and Noah. They were for sure there. But then Reality Steve said on his podcast today that Chasen and Riley and Blake are going to be there, likely, as well. So next, there is an IG story Tasha posted promoting her podcast clickbait, and it looked like she was wearing a ring. And is she clickbaiting us? Like, is that is that what was happening here? Because, okay, you guys are married, which, which or no, I'm sorry, uh, Caitlin's engaged, Melissa is married. So when you're engaged versus married, where, where did the ring go? Just, just tell us where the ring goes. What hand? Your left hand. Always your yeah, left hand. Always. And this was very clearly her which hand. Depending on how, what, where you take your photo, it could be either way. I mean, reality Steve, honestly, like he's going to become debunked soon because he can't give us the goods. And he claimed that Tasha did not get engaged at the end of this. But then he also said he had also heard that her and Zach may have just had a happy couple weekend because... All of the other contestants last weekend um, posted on social media. Both Tasha and Zach did not, so they could have been together. Very interesting. Uh, we have some COVID news within Bachelor Nation. Ari Leyendijk, our former bachelor, who is married to Lauren, and they have a really, really cute baby named Alessi. He got COVID, and um, Jason and Molly. Um, well, Molly for sure got COVID. She kind of alluded to the fact that Jason had it as well, but their kids did not. Um, be careful out there, everybody. And the thing is, is Molly says she was being so careful and I completely believe her, like super OCD about it. Ari, I'm going to be honest, we've seen them like just traveling and, you know, he has these huge like open houses. He doesn't, and it's funny, he did a and a on his IG and he's like, I'm sure you guys have a lot of questions. Mine got on there. He, he answered. Really? Yes. What was your question? How'd you get it? What did he say? <laughs> He goes, I just keep on asking myself all the time. I don't know. And I'm like, mm, how about that hotel, that airplane, um, that, that huge get together that you had with all these people? I didn't say that back, but you know, that was what was going through my mind. Um, the most paranoid people I know have caught COVID. Well, that's shit for me then. <laughs> yeah. You like, if you, I mean, stress is a big thing on your immune system. So 
Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously Ari was living his life, but um, Molly says she was being super careful. Yeah. I, mean, I believe that because a lot of the people I know that have been really cautious, really scared, have caught it. And I'm not saying that there's a correlation. I'm not making theories, whatever. I'm just... Yeah. Try to keep up your morale a little, you know, even though it's really, really hard. And I, I mean, I have to take that advice for myself. Um, but it's, COVID is like a scarlet letter these days. People are like, ashamed <laughs> to catch it. I know. It's like, it's not herpes, you guys, which is fine if you have herpes too. Just please don't give it to me. Um, <laughs> and another kind of downer, um, I just want to say like our thoughts go out to Ashley Spivey. She has a really good relationship with Reality Steve. You know, they do these lives together. She's been very vocal within Bachelor Nation. Um, she was seven months pregnant and um, so. it's so sad. Her son died um, in the womb and she had to give birth to her son. And it's so, so sad. I mean, we just saw this happen to Chrissy Teigen, not the exact same situation, but, you know, having to give birth to your you know, child that is no longer, it's just so terrible. I like feel so sad for her thoughts, thoughts and prayers go out to her and her family. Um, and then we had actually an interesting thing that we were all texting about this week. So Victoria F, Victoria Fuller from Peter's season was out with Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports. So you guys probably know what Barstool is. Dave calls himself El Presidente. He, he seems like a fun guy, but also like the biggest douche in the entire world. Um, I feel like this could actually be a good match. I feel like Victoria's the kind of girl that doesn't want to be treated well. He likes to neg women, like people, which means like- What does that mean? Say like little yeah. like mean things to them. Not like really mean, like if you're having a date and then, and you're cooking dinner, he would be like, oh, you, you burnt it? Like, come on. People like think it's a nice form of flirting. Yeah, it's like a yeah. it's a form of flirting that guys use as a bit of a manipulation to make the girl feel bad about herself. Um, to then kind of like have her under your control. It's like, oh, you dyed your hair. I really liked it when it was blonde. You yeah, know? that's oh yeah, that's the only thing that exists around me. That's my lifestyle, guys. That's why I drink. <laughs> Oh, and then, you know, we've basically promoted the Bachelor Happy Hour episode throughout this entire thing um, that Ben is on, but just a couple things of note. Um, ben said that he is in the group chat, doesn't really comment much. He's like, he doesn't really seem like he's close friends with any of the guys, even though he speaks highly of them. Um, he spoke on, you know, the Blake thing that Blake is actually this like super awesome guy. He's hilarious and that his penis was a work of art and should be in not I'm sorry, not his not Blake's penis, but the penis that he made out of clay was a work of art and should be in a museum. Um Ben made it pretty clear that like he wasn't picked. It's like really obvious and he is final too, which is interesting. Um, and he kind of, and he kept on saying things like, yeah, you're going to have to wait and see. I don't even know how it ends. Yeah, it was weird. I just can't believe that Tasha had the option of picking him and she did it. I can. He's so sexy. You can? Yes. Oh, you don't like him. Yeah, you know his he's like, not my body? guy. body? I don't see it. I mean, I, I his body is amazing. It's definitely yeah, I really like him <laughs> nice. guys I'm moving to Venice California your poor fiance I would love if he was my like trainer I wouldn't are you kidding me 
I would hate if he was my trainer. I would be so self-conscious all the time. His gym apparently is super, um, it's like a gym that's very um, accepting of everyone. It's like very LGBTQ plus friendly. It's like not just about like getting ripped. It's like more about like being healthy and your best self, which I think is really sweet. That is so sweet. Go Ben. I love him. Go Ben. That is inspiring. Let's next talk about what's your sign with Melissa. All right. So we get into Bennett's dark side. And yes, if you are dating a cancer man or you have a cancer partner, yeah, there's some negative traits, but let's like hold your horses. You got to know the shadow side of the ones you love or don't love. Knowing the negative traits of each sign helps us adjust and learn how to love each other. So don't get your whiskers tied, kitty cats. We know nothing but turtle dove love here as blake moines would say um so yeah bennett's shadow side the poor cleansing mask has been ripped off we see these classic signs of the dark side of a cancer man which is being resentful moody jealous yes this is what i wanted to talk about here he's probably jealous of noah for being chill the person who's not scared to just jump into the ring and fight at a moment's notice, then shave a mustache, and then get applause for showing up. I said it, showing up. Noah showed up, which makes Bennett want to just show off. Then they said that the fifth negative sign, because I don't want to go through every single one, but they said the fifth negative sign of a cancer man is that they get possessive. A lot of people are talking about Bennett's way of giving these non-consensual kisses especially when Tasha's blindfolded and didn't even want to sit next to him to begin with. And then the last one this article stated was that he never shows his true self. I kind of get that feeling because we get the persona of a Harvard graduate, Bennett, but we don't get a real one, right? Capricorn turns out to be the sign of... Zach Clark. Why are we so excited? Because I had to stalk him. I had to DM him countless times, go after his release recovery center, asking, you know, whoever manages that account to just give me his damn birthday. (laughs) Nobody will respond to me. So as you guys should know, Sam is really like, she does, she takes the notes during the shows. She edits the podcast. She's really like the Kelsey of this Whole, you know shebang that we got going on here i'm a great a stalker yeah so she she's like melissa like have you done your homework for the astrology segment and i'm like oh i'm just gonna like call release recovery she's like can you not do that and i was like i'm so embarrassed i feel like residual embarrassment for you and uncomfortableness for you calling this recovery center asking for zach clark's birthday and i said it so nonchalantly like i'm in the middle of work and i'm just like yeah and uh, i have it on my list like on a post-it yeah number five like fifth thing i'm doing today i'm just gonna call his call his job and get his birthday and i would have but he posted a post with his sister i believe it's his sister so i dm'd her which is like way more chill than calling his job. It's just like contacting, yeah. you know, contact direct family. And just a side note, the reason why we contacted her, his sister was because he put out an Instagram post, which was interesting with his sister texting him saying, I'm going to submit you for the bachelorette. They're recasting. So he was in the new batch of guys. He wasn't in the OG batch of guys that Claire was supposed to get, which is cool. 
which is really interesting because he's also so genuine and so grateful to be there. And I think that really plays a huge part on the way he's just navigating this whole, this whole thing. And yes, so he was born January 17th, the same day as Betty White. I told his sister that she didn't even double tap the bubble. She was just like, you're creepy. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm a Betty White stan. So we're calling Zach Betty White from now on. Yeah, I'm a Blanche in the sheets and a Dorothy in the streets and Rosen Island in every other compartment of my life. Like I've said in the other podcast episode, Capricorn Virgos are extremely compatible. Unfortunately, it's kind of boring to explain how. (laughs) She's still more compatible, sun sign-wise, love and marriage with Scorpio, which leaves her most compatible with Brendan. Communication was most compatible with Pisces, which would be Ivan. And we saw that. We saw a really great compatibility between the two of them. What can I say? This makes sense. It makes so much sense. And, you know, I... And Leo is at the bottom, which is Ben. And Blake Moines. Yes. <laughs> Blake. <laughs> Shocker. Blake. Guys, like a huge spoiler. She's not going to get <laughs> I love that. Um, Well, thank you for sharing. This is giving me hope that they can actually make it work. I think so. I mean, I I really don't know. People get so upset about spoilers. It's like, there's still so much yet to see, no matter what. So first, we're going to do this very quick scene that I honestly was probably going to be one of my favorite. Like when I rewatched it and and transcribed it, I was like, this is gold. Melissa, why don't you be Blake? I'll just like give a disclaimer that, you know, we don't exactly know when when in the bleeps, but I'm assuming from my um, knowledge of saying fuck a lot that uh, I think that's what it was. We'll have Caitlin be Noah, just that then I'm gonna have you be Noah again. Um, and then I'll be Spencer. What up, boys? Blake, how you feel? I keep thinking about the fucking dick thing. <laughs> yeah, why did you even do it? You were just like, yeah, it is what you think it is. And then Spencer in an ITM. Yesterday at our group date, Blake made a penis out of clay. It was like this big. Spencer in another ITM. Everything that he talks about seems to have some reference to sex, so it's no surprise here. It felt like the right thing to do in the moment. (laughs) So I just really like, I just need to be Bennett for this. I've practiced and like, I feel like there's a Moira Rose. Like, I'm just gonna, you'll see, you'll see. (laughs) Bennett in an ITM before he meets Noah. I'm not bringing Tasha a gift. I'm bringing Noah a gift because I have been a peacemaker all of my life. Had I known there was tension, I would have nipped it in the bud and addressed it a long time ago. But the last thing that I want is for Noah to leave and think there is beef or tension with us. Is that a war gift? Uh, you know, I wouldn't call it a war gift. It's more of a gentlemanly gift, I think. It's for you, I, uh, I would like to explain it to you. Perhaps maybe I open it and go through it? What would you prefer? Do you want to open it? It is for you. That is the proper way to give a gift. Uh, I mean, no, if you want to explain it, that's fine. All right, all right. Well, you know, first and foremost, I will start with the friendship gift. This is a red bandana. 
One of our first conversations was talking about the ranch and your upbringing in Oklahoma and my former cowboy days, and it's red because I hope there is no bad blood for us going forward. Simple, small one. Um, I was wearing your next present the other evening. <laughs> Since then, it has been washed. Mustached socks. I hope it is a good memory. The only place that you wear a mustache is on your feet. Um, a more serious one and a bit of a life lesson that I think is going to be helpful and impactful for you is this book on emotional intelligence. There are actually four components of emotional intelligence. One is self-awareness, two, self-management, three, social awareness, and four, relationship management. I think you are deficient in three of those four. Self-management, I think, is your best from what I've seen, but I think... I will let you go on with this if you let me respond. Sure. I will let you say your piece with your fake gifts. It's a real gift, and I think it's very important for you. Listen, you don't develop it out of the womb. It is something that you gain over life, and I'm not talking down to you. I did not have emotional intelligence at your age. Every step of the way with Tasha, you have been talking about other people and other things in your conversations. It is now a trend. I've never once had a conversation with Tasha where I've spoken about any other gentleman in the house, not once. It's about me and my relationship with her and that's all that matters. Sincerely, Noah, this book will be really, really helpful. These are tools that any woman is going to want to have in a husband and a father. And I'm not trying to belittle you. I am literally trying to love you up. Well, uh, I've come into this acting 100% myself. You have, I know that, but... 100 true and genuine with her? Noah. And there's misconstrued and prejudgments that you have because I'm a 25-year-old and there's no way that a 25-year-old has a chance with Tasha because he's not a Harvard grad that's got this good education, you know, that people don't stack up to. This, my friend, is where you start to folly. I am fully aware of everything that I am. As am I. Okay, well, you champion the way that you have acted thus far. Take that all the way. Change nothing. See how far it gets you. I think I'm going to find out tonight, and I think we will do what we should do and let Tisha decide when we are both here. Absolutely. I think this, I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt with the present, but I think it was just another... I mean exactly what I said. Just like I said... I think you have 0% chance walking away with Tasha. Those are all the reasons that I just explained in that book, that you are not ready to go there. If you said that with Tasha sitting right here. I will say to her tonight. Then she would send you home. That's good. I'm going to do it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank God you did not choose me for that one. I was dying. <laughs> I had to mute myself. <laughs> was so bizarre. Oh my gosh. Caitlin did it with such a straight face. Just, just like, <laughs> and she looked just as lost as Noah did. Did you get a little bit of the Moira Rose there? It's just It like, was amazing. I think it was... When he said honestly, folly. Way, yeah, it's the way that Bennett should have said it. Folly. Okay, sorry. I had way too much fun with that. I appreciate you guys for appeasing me. 
All right, lastly, let's throw it batch, ladies. Well, first, let's start with Bennett, who made a bit of a fool out of himself in this episode. And I'm going to say that he is like a really sugary drink that tastes good initially and then just like kicks you in the butt and you realize that it was not a good idea. So he's like a cheaply made strawberry daiquiri with like really bad bottom shelf liquor. <laughs> I'm going to say he is like a 200 year old bottle of scotch that tastes like shit. <laughs> but thinks it's like really sophisticated and amazing. Yeah, it's like, I've spent $2,000 on this at an auction to help save the wildlife. And I bought this and it's very pristine and expensive. Take a sip and then you literally go and vomit. <laughs> yeah, he's like a whiskey sour. Same same reasons as the strawberry daiquiri. It's just you think it's a good idea and then it's not. And it's kind of for posers and... <laughs> He's been a poser. We've we've been scammed. We've been hoodwinked. We have been duped. <laughs> I think so, I still love him though. I just I think it Yeah about in the future. Just right now it's a little American psycho. I saw the latex gloves getting put on. He's playing a character and he knows it. Yes. Yeah. So next Ben, who showed a lot of sophistication and ability to really dig deep and open up. I'm gonna say that he is gin and tonic. Um, I think that it's like a really mature drink and I think that it's mature to bear yourself like that and open up. Um, but it's also a drink that can like take some time to like figure out if you like it or not. And you know, he's slowly like peeling back the layers. He's just like starting to figure him out more and more. I'm gonna say that Ben is a Manhattan. He is kind of, you know, it seems like he's very pretty and perfect, like on the outside. I remember the first time I ever tried a Manhattan because I read a really good book called The Perfect Manhattan about a bartender in New York City. And I went on a cruise at 18 years old and I was able to drink. And the first thing I said, I was like, I want a Manhattan. And I took a sip and I was like, oh, oh my God, this is whiskey. <laughs> like, oh shit. Um, so he's a Manhattan, you know, he's pretty on the outside, but on the inside he's deep. And there's like, you know, there's some, there's some real, um, there's some real things in there, you know, he's a Manhattan. I wrote vodka soda makes me get naked. <laughs> Oh, I'll just end it on that. I like that. Um, I'm gonna give Easy, who was a little bit spicy and a little bit salty when he found out that he was going home, a spicy margarita with a lot of salt on it. What about Noah? Is there a drink with like pop rocks or something? <laughs> I'm gonna say that Noah is one of those, like if you go to a club and you get a table and they have like a punch bowl, and it's kind of expensive, but like tastes young. You're like, why did I pay so much money to drink oh, juice? Like the brunch punch bowl. That's, yeah, the kind of like expensive one that you know you find, and then you're like, okay, this is good, but I still feel like I'm in college. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. Oh, and what are we giving like JoJo? Like, what's what's this girl drinking? And the casita. JoJo's like a nice glass of champagne. She's just like, she's bubbly, she's pretty, she's perfect. She's, you know, yeah. got all going on. Throw a few raspberries in there. Yeah. Make it what pretty. about Tasha? 
Yeah, we haven't even given a drink to Tasha once. I know. We gave, we did it first. You know, she was effervescent. <laughs> effervescent. I'll never forget that word. That's such a good word to describe people. It, it is. Really I'm going to use it for the I'm rest of my, my head life. That it now. I'm like, now I'm like, oh, this new vase. Is so effervescent. <laughs> is that from Fab Fit Fun? Yes. It is. <laughs> I have it too. Where is it? I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> okay, Tasha, you know, she's a little confused this week. She was emotional. Yes. And a bit out of her element, I feel, just dealing with all these men's emotions. What has the drink with like an egg in it? <laughs> Ooh, I had this really great drink in Tulum with an egg in it. I wish I knew the name of it. And it was. This is, I think. Like gin fizzes have egg whites in it, and they have like that foamy thing at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna give her a gin fizz. She's excited. She's confused. She's like, "What is this?" Um, but you know, hopefully, it goes down well. Yeah, I'm botanical. Well, thank you guys all so much for joining us this week on Throw It Batch. Hit us up. Let us know what cocktails you thought these men were, Antasha and JoJo. And make sure to follow us on Throw It Batch Pod on Instagram. And rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We really want to hear more from you. Hear what you guys like and um, keep this party going. So thank you guys. Thank you, girls. I love you. You are the best. And only five more sleeps until the next Bachelorette. I'm excited. Bye. <laughs>